Hello and welcome to your Aston Villa Bulletin. A look at the headlines on Friday the 15th of September. I'm John Townley, Birmingham Live's Aston Villa correspondent and I'd like to bring you more regular condensed podcasts so you can listen in the gym, on your commute to work, in the office, just to keep you more informed about what's happening in and around B6. There's plenty going on behind the scenes, as we all know. Um, Later today, I'll be at Bodymore Heath asking questions to Unai Emery in his pre-Crystal Palace press conference that will kick off at about two o'clock so stay across Birmingham Live's channels for updates from about 2.30 or so you'll have injury updates then and then most of the broadcast section will be pushed uh, around then from three o'clock onwards and then some more embargoed lines from about 10.30 and, and into Saturday we'll have updates on Alex Moreno Obviously, he returned to training last week at Bodymore Heath after missing all of pre-season with a hamstring injury. He hasn't featured with Villa since May, and it'll be a big boost for Emery if he can play against Palace. So we'll uh, we'll see how he is later today. Diego Carlos as well obviously came off in the defeat to Liverpool before the September international break with a hamstring problem. Emery did say after the game that it was only a small injury, um, but he is a doubt to feature against Palace. And again, we'll get an update on his condition and potentially any other injury updates as well. Jacob Ramsey obviously nearing a return uh, too after he broke a metatarsal. Emery sat down with Villa TV earlier this week and he gave a brilliant in-house interview, I thought. He said that he wants to continue to raise the level Aston Villa in terms of on the pitch and off the pitch as well in terms of uh, the, the practices that he's been setting at the club obviously he's made a made a transformational impact in the 11 months that he's been at the club now he says that he wants to raise his own level he wants to raise the level of his players and the club he says that he wants to do it progressively but being demanding in each moment that we are playing and practicing those are his words and he reiterated that Villa need to be contenders for the major trophies that are going to be on offer this season. He feels that the squad he's built is now ready to compete for those those honours. You're looking at the FA Cup, the Carabao Cup, obviously the Europa Conference League as well. And I think the main takeaway from the interview that he gave Villa TV was that he he mentioned that he sees the Villa project like a table and that there's four legs and obviously um, the table will only stand up with if all four legs are working, I suppose you could say. He said that the first leg for him is Aston Villa, the club with the identity and with the supporters. The second leg is the owners, and that obviously involves Nassif Sawiris, Wes Edens, V Sports as a whole. And he said that when they arrived here, they started the project and outlined exactly the vision of the club, where they want to be. And in that five years, thanks to Emery um, and what's come before him, to be fair, the club is now in the position that it's in, in Europe. And that was the and that was the goal from Sawiris and Edens. Emery said the third leg is the coach, which is himself, of course, and also with Monchi, Damian Vidigani. And the fourth is the players. So all of those legs need to be working together as such. It's um, it's nice theory and we'll go with it. And I think it makes sense. It, it encompasses everything that, you know, Villa aren't going to get to where they want to get to with only a few of those things working together. I think Villa have had pretty much all of that, actually, up until Emery's appointment. I think he was the missing piece uh, of the jigsaw. And as we've seen, I think that's been proven as well. He's the elite 
um, manager Villa needed to you know, to get over the line in terms of qualifying for Europe and being able to really compete against the top clubs. And hopefully this season that will translate into silverware, shall we say. And on Europe, I, I think the, I think the Conference League is probably Villa's best opportunity to win a to win a trophy in in donkey's years. And Emery said that he's played in Europe for sixteen years in a row now. He's played seven times in semi-finals, five times in finals, and he's won four of those five finals that he's managed in four Europa League titles, three with Sevilla, uh, three consecutive years in Sevilla that he won there, and obviously once with Villarreal against Manchester United on penalties. He said that those experiences he wants to use here with everybody at, at, at Villa Park and in Aston Villa matches. So he's under no illusion of what a difficult task it will be because ultimately Villa are still going to have to go to difficult places to win games. But I think there's a, a general feeling that Villa are the favourites. Um, but Emery doesn't want to use that as, as something that could potentially negatively affect Villa because the players he's signed this summer do have experiences of playing in Europe. But the squad he inter- inherited sorry, from Steven Gerrard don't have those experiences that he has and that Musa Diaby has and Uri Tielemans, Pau Torres, Zaniolo, Longley, they've all played in European competitions but Emery says that he wants to take it a game at a time and enjoy each moment. He said he wants to enjoy Poland, he wants to enjoy uh, Bosnia, he wants to enjoy uh, the Netherlands and playing against Alkmaar. There was also a really good interview on Villa TV from Musa Diaby who was voted as the club's player of the month after he's, well, he's hit the ground running in Claret and Blue. He's scored goals against Newcastle and against Burnley. The goal against Newcastle is probably, um, in the context of the game, obviously Villa lost 5-1, but he took it so well. And I think his goal against Burnley was, is, was one that, um, you know, you can look at more so because it, it didn't change the game. It changed the flow of the game for sure. Villa were, of course, uh, winning at the time. But it's that moment of quality that just separates the top players because without Diaby finishing off what was a very difficult... Yeah, I mean, it was, a, it was a brilliant move, a brilliant counter-attack from Villa John McGinn to Luka Dean, Luka Dean across the box, but it was a very difficult finish. And I don't think there's many players in the Villa team that could have finished like Diaby did there. You know, you look a couple of weeks or months ago, that would be Leon Bailey or I mean, Buendir at the end of that, and there's no um, no guarantee that the ball hits the back of the net. And then what what happens after then? Are, Bur- are Burnley going to um, come into the last 20 minutes of the game? And potentially getting a point out of it, who knows? Um, they were certainly on top at that point, but Diaby's goal just sucked the life out of Turf more. And yeah, he's a top player and someone who's going to continue to improve and he wants to improve as well. That was something that came out of the interview for me that um, that was a key talking point because in the first section of the interview, he mentioned that Villa have won two, but also lost two, and that's not good enough for, for Aston Villa and the club and where it wants to go. And and you get the you get the sense that he has that he wants to, you know, he in, he intends to waste no time at Villa because he's a Champions League player, and I think it's one of those where Villa need to kind of match his ambitions and they need to be pushing for, as Diaby said, the top five this season, which should um, hopefully get Champions League football um, for Premier League clubs due to coefficient rankings and and, and and so on. He also said that Villa need to be in the final of every competition <laughs> this season. So he's setting high standards, whether he, he literally means that, I'm not too sure, but I think he's trying to allude to the fact that Villa can finish um, in the top five if they play to their highest level and they can also be anyone in the Cups which would put them in a position to win silverware just as Emery would like to as well. Diaby said 
we have to go step by step, starting against Crystal Palace on Saturday, and I hope I will be able to score more goals and provide more assists. We want to get to the final of every competition, the Conference League, the FA Cup and the Carabao Cup, and to be in the top five of the Premier League. So again, high standards from DRB. And he says that he's settled in really well with, um, you know, he knows a few players in the squad already, already, sorry, some uh, compatriots of his, Spubba Kamara, Luca Dean, Clement Longley. He also said your team and speaks uh, some French too, but he speaks very good English himself, DRB. Uh, I mean, Emery speaks what five languages, so uh, I don't think there's ever a point in which the new uh, signings at Villa have made are going to struggle to adapt in terms of knowing exactly what they need to be doing on the pitch. It's just a matter of actually um, doing it and adapting to it. Like we've seen Power Torres struggle in the, in, you know, in the first weeks, but I don't doubt that in uh, the next couple of months or, or so on, like we saw with Alex Moreno when he first came and he was you know, a bit suspect in in that sort of, in the uh, in defending, but then at the same time, you look at what they're going to give offensively. I wouldn't say it outweighs it, but it balances it for me. I think Paul Torres he made a mistake against Burnley, he made a mistake against Newcastle and against Liverpool, which have all led to goals. However, he will give you something on the ball that I don't think many Villa players or many Premier League centre backs give you in terms of how he progresses the ball and he'll those mistakes will come out of his game. I'm sure of that. And again, that's the key thing. He knows Emery better than anyone. So I'm sure we'll see an improvement in there. And just quickly on DRB again, just to finish off with what he was saying in his interview, he said that Palace wasn't wasn't an easy one to prepare for because some players have been on international duty, which I thought was interesting. You don't quite think of that sometimes when a few players are missing. I wonder how um, that works at Bodymore, whether Emery replaces those players with younger players and whether that makes an impact or not going into the weekend. I'm not so sure. I mean, you've still got most of your squad there. I, I don't think there was too many players who went on international duty with their respective nations. To finish our bulletin today, we're just going to quickly talk about Villa Park and the update from Andy Street, the Midlands mayor. So he's commissioned a team of transport experts to look into the development of Witten Station, which is obviously, as we all know, key um, to Aston Villa breaking ground on the redevelopment of Villa Park. Villa have been forced to delay the redevelopment, which is costing around £100 million um, in at least the North Stand rebuild, the complete rebuild of the North Stand. And they've been delayed due to the poor transport links surrounding the area of Villa Need. Those transport links, especially Whitton Station, to be up and running and, and to be improved to cope with extra demand, the Villa will increase the capacity of Villa Park to 50,000. So from 42,000 and that's going to be done by May 2026 so those problems that are persisting with fans unable to get in and out of the stadium efficiently and uh, you know and and without huge delays I think last season on average there was about two or three trains running per hour out of um, New Street into Witten and just it's not um, it's not suitable. Andy Street said that he sorely wants to see a suitable, modern and spacious Witten railway station to replace the current inadequate provision that is unfit to properly serve matchday crowds. He adds that that's why they're looking on on how best to redevelop the station by undertaking a feasibility study that will give them a clear idea and indication of the funding required to meet head-on how they're going to actually improve it. And the millions of pounds that's needed to redevelop Witten Station that will come from the government-funded West Midlands Combined Authority, who will then seek support from the Department of Transport. So I hope that's got you up to date on Friday. Again, there's going to be lots going on this weekend. 
in terms of the press conference later on. So what can you look forward to on the pod in the next few days? Well, we'll be bringing you inside Bodymore. So after I'm finished at Bodymore Heath speaking to Unai Emery, I'll then jump back on the podcast with Dan and we'll be bringing you the latest ahead of Crystal Palace. That might already be up by the time you're listening to this podcast. On Saturday night, Matt and Dan will be on the post-match show. And then on Monday, I'll be back on again with the Monday show. And then it's off to Poland next week for the Legia Warsaw game, Aston Villa's first group stage game for how many years? 14 years, 13, 14 years. So thanks for listening to this mini bulletin and we'll have more of these coming your way in the coming days, weeks and months ahead.